Welcome to the Infinity Bros Podcast, the only podcast that's perfectly balanced, as all things should be, here in a beautiful Sunday afternoon after July 4th. All of you out there in the Infinity Bros universe, we hope you had a safe and fun 4th of July, albeit probably with a very small group and not in your typical spots. Here with one other Infinity Bro today, it's been a while since he's on, but we're glad to have him back, Infinity Bro Mark. Mark, how are you? What's up, everybody? How is the Infinity Bros universe doing today? Let's give uh, three claps and a Ric Flair out there. All right, now that that's done, let's start the show. All right, glad that They're supposed happened. to do it themselves, so if you're hearing this now, do it again. Give yourself three claps and a Ric Flair, and we'll be good. Plus or minus 20 people that did that. I want to say plus 20. In the history of humanity, when people listen to this, do you think it'll be over 20 people that do that? In the history of humanity, so infinity, yeah. I would hope so. No, I'm saying like that respond to this direct podcast. Oh, someone's currently listening in the year 2222 and does that for nostalgia purposes. Maybe I'll just set an alarm to do that in the year 2022. I said 2222. Didn't I say 20? Oh, I said 2222. Sorry. Yeah. Right, there you go. Yeah. Welcome to the Infinity Bros Podcast. Wherever you're listening, <laughs> however you're listening, thanks for making us part of your day. Um, Spotify, iTunes, Google Music. Check us out on our website, infinitybros.com. We've got a great lineup for you today. we got a lot of news to cover We've been burying a specific story for a while because we've been waiting for specific people to be on. Uh, Michael Keaton, we're going to talk about him joining as Batman. We're going to talk about a rumored Deadpool Kills the Fox Marvel Universe movie. We'll talk about Ray Fisher against Joss Whedon. Uh, get into a couple other little things. We're going to have Hot or Snot. And then we're going to end the show with our top five DC animated movies. Um, I watched a couple DC animated movies this week and wanted to put that on the top five. And Mark is a huge DC fan, so why not? It's a pretty DC heavy show today, Mark. Gonna be honest I mean, with you. Am I? I thought I was like the top DC fan. I've heard by Batman. Batman said it from a reliable source named Kevin Conroy that Mark is the best DC fan. Maybe I should slap that um, audio on the end of this. Maybe I will. You probably should. I will. So if you're listening, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put the audio of Kevin Conroy talking to uh, Infinity Bro Mark on his wedding day at the end of this. That'll be a nice little treat for you. So stick around after the, um, uh, what is it? Not the not the intro, the outro, whatever we call it. You know, the guy. Bonus that, content at the end. Now, whatever, whatever the guy that, you know, the super cheery guy. I don't even know who that guy is. I just like. Paid him a couple bucks to like make that outro for us because it sounds really good. We're never not going to use it, um, but I just don't even know who that guy is. I got to go figure out what his name is. But anyway, at the end of that, check out because Kevin Conroy uh, left a really sweet, intimate message for Infinity Bro Mark. Mark, you okay with to put that on there? Yeah, why not? Why not? We'll do it. We'll put it on there. Well, let's not bury the lead here. Michael Keaton is in talks to return as Batman for the Flash movie. Uh, it's obviously been a couple weeks. This was reported officially by Hollywood Reporter on the 22nd. Obviously, it's the 5th today, so a couple weeks later. But he last played char- the character in 1992, Batman Returns, and skewered the idea of a faded... 1992. Super- you said 82. Did I say 82? I apologize. 1992. Yeah, yeah that would have been the worst to get, like, super nerdy DC. Um, it was 1992, <laughs> Infinity Brown. Actually, let me go get my pitchfork so I can stab you in the chest for your falsities. 
article says this is from Hollywood Reporter. There may be a new Batman in town, and he's the same as the old Batman. Michael Keaton, who famously starred as the Cape Crusader in the Tim Burton-directed Batman movies, is in talks to reprise the character of the Warner Brothers DC movie The Flash. Ezra Miller is on board to star as Barry Allen, a.k.a. The Flash, in the feature that will be directed by IT filmmaker Annie Muschietti. But wait, there's more. If a deal makes... Keaton wouldn't just return for Flash, but possibly for several other DC-oriented projects. Sources tell The Hollywood Reporter that the role being envisioned for the veteran actor is akin to the role played by Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury in the MCU, something of a mentor or guide or even string puller. Batgirl is one of the projects in development that could fall into that category. Warner Brothers, of course, had no comment. Keaton was mainly known as a comedic actor when he was nabbed the plum role of the title role in 1989's Batman. He initially took heat from fans that didn't see him as imposing or chiseled, but the movie became a sensation and the actor reprised the character in the 1992 sequel, Batman Returns. Afterward, Keaton tried to distance himself from the role and even skewered it in 2014's Birdman, where he played an actor that once starred in superhero movies. It won't affect Matt Reeves, the Batman, apparently, but obviously multiverse stuff could play a factor into that, depending on if they want to use Robert Pattinson. Um, and uh, this is a pretty big story, Mark. But before we hear your rating, I want to make sure that our listeners who listen are familiar with our rating system. So we're going to put that bumper right here. Here on the Infinity Bros podcast, everything is ranked from a zero to six point scale. Zero meaning horrible and six meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a six, it gets an infinity step. All right, Mark, what is your rating and thoughts on the news of Michael Keaton potentially returning to the DC Universe as the Batman? First, it's a six out of six, because I'm pretty sure a year ago I brought up the whole fact you bring in for the Flash movie, you end it with an old Batman at the end of it. And have Michael Keaton play Batman. Are you claiming to say that this was your idea from the get-go and that you are the man behind the curtain pulling the strings are you asking if i am the kevin feige of warner brothers well according to the article i think you're more of the michael keaton batman are you telling me that i'm batman i'm i mean i don't know dude i i love i love this it would be i mean right now we can just speculate what his how they will tie him into that. Like it, cause are they still doing flashpoint? Is that kind of what they're going to do with here's, here's what I let me, can I give my rating before? Cause I think you're going to have some yeah, questions yeah. based off that. Not, not because I just like want to give my rating, but because it, it's part of the answer to that question. I'm giving this a four out of six and here's why I'm sitting a little more conservatively on this. If I'm just talking about Michael Keaton coming back, it's a six out of six, but the overall news story here. And the problem with this is DC continues to show us a lack of commitment to a vision. They continue to show us a lack of commitment to something specific. They just had Joker last year. They just had the Birds of Prey movie, which I think is garbage. Obviously, you love that movie and Robbie loves that movie and other Infinity Bros really like that movie. I'm kind of in the minority there. But in my opinion, DC is showing a lack of vision and it feels again like they're throwing things against the wall to try to make things work. Yes, Michael Keaton himself coming back. It's exciting. It's really great. But the reality of this is this appears to be a convoluted mess even more. If you read the article more, they're comparing 
his Batman to um, Batfleck, um, who is obviously older as well. And they're saying he's going to basically replace him. I, I just don't know how this is going to work, Mark. I, I, I just, I really, you're going to have to really, part of the reason I'm excited about this conversation is you're going to have to sell me on the idea that this is the role for Batman. When in every Justice League rendition that everybody loves, Batman is not only a center point, he's calling shots while fighting. Help me understand that. So you want me to help you understand how this would be a good... Or maybe like reference a story for me outside of... The only story I can really think of would be Nick Fury and Old Man Cap doing this. Like I, I Or Batman Beyond, but Batman Beyond which we'll talk about later is that's Terry McGinnis being Batman. Is, is that where we're going with this? Is that what we're trying to say? Okay. Well, here's, here's two things. Didn't, didn't Warner Brothers say two years ago that they're going to move away from the DCU and just make, you know, one-offs or um, multiverse movies. Wasn't that their exactly. whole gab? Yes. So like yeah. really what you say, like they haven't, they're not making a stand or, you know, you know, obviously not making decisions. Like, well, they kind of did. They said that they said they're going to make, just these movies, just make these, you know, because they have the IP to make them. Just put them out there and, yeah, see what sticks. And if, you know. But isn't this like a works. retcon of to try to keep the DCU going? Well, if they're going to do the Flashpoint for the Flash movie, then that is a storyline that DC has used to do that. So I think if they do Flashpoint, maybe in the beginning, the Batman we see is Batfleck. And maybe when they do the Flashpoint, the Batman we get is Thomas Wayne. And then at the end of the movie, maybe we get a different Batman, and that's where we see Michael Keaton. Yeah, but if Michael Keaton is signing for multiple movies like this article is clear, is clarifying, then that's a universe they're trying to build. But maybe that's the route they want to go, where you get an older Batman, and that's just the Batman that's now in that universe after the Flashpoint, and how he figures that out. And maybe that's what they want to do. Maybe they want to introduce a younger Batman. And have the Batman Beyond, which, you know, it's the other rumor is that that's in development. So maybe that's the whole story. And that could be, if he's going to be this mentor role, maybe that is the the Easter egg right there. That he is going to be the older Batman that has Terry McGinnis as the new Batman. I don't really have an issue with, here's what I'm trying to say here. I don't have an issue with what story they pick. All these story ideas you're talking about are great. Flashpoint Paradox, great comic, great cartoon movie. Really enjoy that one. Batman Beyond. Um, and I'll talk about Batman Beyond Return of the Joker later in my Hot or Snot. Great series. Great movie. There's a lot of great things they can do with it. They can make changes to it, kind of like Marvel's done in their movies. I'm not refuting that. I'm What I'm trying to say here Like you're is, saying Batman should be more of a figurehead than just a side character? Like No, not even that. I'm not even refuting okay. who Batman is. What I'm refuting is, you just said it. You said... They promised us that we're going to get one-offs, but now they're trying to tell me that Michael Keaton's going to take a four, five, seven movie deal here? What are you doing, DC? What is going on? Like, it, maybe they maybe they finally got a story that they want to tell and they see that it can be a couple movies. They don't finally have a story, Mark. They've always had stories. DC's always had stories, not Warner Brothers. Fair. Warner fair. Brothers needs a, needs a team of writers to storyboard something like this. If you're going to have... And maybe that's right. Maybe... Well, you're, maybe they are going to be a bunch of one-offs, but the the, the key thing that's going to stay in all of them are that we have a Michael Keaton Batman. But then what they're saying is they're saying we're not going to do a universe. We're just going to combine them in a crisis movie, right? I would assume it'd be Crisis on Infinite Earths. That would be the way you could go about it. And maybe that's where he's connected to all the universes is that he is happens to be in all of them. 
or happens to get in all the universes for some reason that, you know, they can tell that story. And then the final movie ends with a crisis. That is still a universe based movie. You're just changing the areas that they're located from down the street in New York City or San Francisco on the West Coast to Earth 1, Earth 2, Earth 29, Earth, Earth 616, etc., etc. The point I'm making here is, is this feels like they're trying to put together a plan and it's not going to go well because every time they try to do a plan, they shoot themselves in the foot, it appears. To invoke the words of wrestling, you are a smart mark. You are too invested, too much involved, and believe, and you believe whatever you think is better for the business and whatever they're doing is going to be crap instead of just following along and trusting the story that it's in good hands. However, saying that, DC has shown not to be in good hands. Right. And I can see why you are being a smart mark with all of this where that would upset you. And maybe, maybe you just got to sit back and just wait. You just got to take it one movie at a time. And maybe if the Slash movie sucks, you're going to be like, well, they're not going to make any more. And then that's the end of that. I think I, I, that's a fair point. Like, obviously, I cannot critique something that, well, I can. But it's not a fully fledged opinion, obviously, at Princess Bride. But I, I think my frustration has been. I really like Wonder Woman. I really don't like Birds of Prey. I really like Joker. I really don't like, you know, Justice League and what they did. Although I rewatched it a couple weeks ago. I talked about this and it's not as bad as I initially thought the first time around, but it's still not good. And yeah. Batman versus I Superman would, has even that. moments where I'm like excited. So I feel like I'm on a roller coaster with DC Mark. And I feel like this news excites me. I continue to get excited for things like the Snyder Cut. So you're, I get it. You're upset that DC has put in put out too many Captain Marvel movies instead of a, a bunch of you know, you know, like this Winter is Soldier. The third podcast in a row, you've made a, a Captain Marvel slight at me, and I will not have it. It's a wonderful movie. Leave it alone. Yeah, and it it gets better every time you watch it because you're like, okay, I appreciate this more because there's more context I understand. But at the day it was shown, it was lukewarm at best. The day it was shown, it was good. I wouldn't call it Better. lukewarm. I again would sit it's at a It's good because it six. has a cat that's a monster. That, that is. Gave it's a three, those the cat alone gives gosh. it a 3.1. The other point nine comes from the rest of the story. I, I think, and, and you're <laughs> making very fair points of like, hey, we got to see what's coming on because obviously they're turning over a new leaf. They've learned potentially from their mistakes. I think there's too many cooks in the kitchen with these ideas. Yes. And I think yes. Michael Keaton being in the universe is a great idea to me. I think everybody can get on board. And look at it like this. We we know where DC is cinematically, and to bring back fans or bring back old fans or bring back people that are just like, oh, he's back, who are just casual moviegoers, are going to go see this movie because they want to see Michael Keaton. Yeah, but but it's it's about keeping people in the seats so we can get more of these though, Mark. It's it's about getting more of these because but that's the any reason move, that's that any Justice League make. sucks so much. Sorry for cutting you off, but the reason Justice League sucks so much is. We don't get a follow-up to it because what Snyder is going to do, in my opinion, is he's going to intro this dark side idea. We're going to get a great looking dark side and we're not going to get we're not going to be able to keep going with that potentially. Well, maybe they will. Maybe they will. I hope they do. But I feel like they continue trying to promise me things that just don't execute at the level they should. And the one offs are great. Stick with the one-offs. I guess that's my question. Like, why why not stick with the one-offs? Why not make Michael Keaton just a Batman Beyond movie? Like why not just start with that movie and go from there and then go, wow, this is a really good idea. Now let's incorporate him in crisis. 
or maybe smuggle the idea to begin with. Maybe just do a Batman Beyond movie with the idea in the back of your head that, hey, we'll tease that there could be a multiverse. We're not really going to talk about it, but we're going to tease it potentially. We'll sign him to a couple movies with the idea that, hey, it's Batman Beyond, but the overall idea is, hey, he might need to be the united person or one of these, you know, paragons that they refer to in that in that series that rallies the troops. Maybe that's their plan, and maybe DC's going off of what they did the last, you know, five to seven years, where when they make these movies and in their previews, they give away too much. Like, know what you should know what they shouldn't have done in Batman v Superman. Tell me that the end enemy is Doomsday, or tell me that Wonder that Woman's in it. Yeah, like make it more surprising. So maybe that's why. You know, this is what they're doing. They're like, oh, we're going to bring all these people. and Everyone's going to get so upset. But then don't give me anything. Just tell me these are, you know, here's your kind of, you know, surface plans. And don't show me anything else. But that, but that's coming from a DC fan who's like, oh, I already kind of know the story. So, like, I don't need to be surprised. Where when you're now going to the economic side, we were trying to sell this movie. You do need to sell action. Who's in it? And what you may or may not get. Michael Keaton being in this movie alone is good enough. That is the selling point. You don't need to do anything else. You don't. And as far as I'm concerned, the next two to three years, people are going to be going to the movies a lot more once COVID's done. Max, how mad would you be if they do Flashpoint and they have Mr. Freeze in the Flashpoint? So, like, you you know Mr. Freeze that we're going to see isn't going to be the Mr. Freeze we're going to see in the future, but they bring back Arnold Schwarzenegger's Mr. Freeze. I won't be oh, mad about it as long as they don't do the stupid dad puns. His, his uniform looks great. I hope they do that. Hey, Warner Brothers, if you're listening, do that, and you don't need to pay me anything. Just doing that will be enough. All right, thank you. Apparently, Warner Brothers has been listening to you because they're doing the ideas we're talking about. Let's bounce around real quick. This is a rumor from comicbook.movie.com that Batman Beyond live-action movie rumored to be in development at Warner Brothers. Um, when it was revealed that Michael Keaton was in talks to return as Batman and Flash, we also learned that Warner Brothers is planning to have his Cape Crusader serve as a mentor to other heroes in the DCEU. Obviously, Batgirl was mentioned, but most fans wondered whether this could be leading to Terry McGinnis becoming this shared world's new Dark Knight. A new rumor, now keep in mind, people, this is a rumor. We call it nerd news. We haven't really built a new rumor segment. We will one day, but not yet. Um... <laughs> It was revealed that... They will join us. Yeah, someday. Um, A new rumor is doing the rounds online, which suggests that a live-action Batman Beyond movie is in in development at Warner Brothers. This intel doesn't come from the trades and should, of course, be taken with a pinch of salt. Mark, what is the likelihood and percentage that this will happen from Michael Keaton, you think? I think it's pretty high. It's, you know, with Michael Keaton being the Batman. If you're bringing in older Batman... It's. I just feel like there's two stories you could potentially tell just that are in the in the oh, what would be the right word anyway just in the prime category of people you want buying tickets you do Batman Beyond everyone that's you know our age grew up watching Batman Beyond if they're you know lover of cartoons or watch you know cartoons when they were ten and eleven and even older and younger um, you do that or to pull in an older crowd. Maybe Michael, they actually do a true Dark Knight Returns, and that's what they do with uh, Michael Keaton Batman. So then you get them, him training a young younger Robin, or you get a Terry McGinnis, which I think is, if that rumor is solid, that's what we're going to get with Michael Keaton. Okay, while I'm talking, I want you to think of a Terry McGinnis. I'll come back. Think of who you'd want to be acting as Terry McGinnis. I already have my answer, but I'll give, you, I'll give it to you in a second. I think 
the percentage chance that I would give it, you said high, would you say like 80 to 100? Is that what you're saying here? I would I would go 65 to 80. Yeah, I'd say probably 60 to 80 is where I'd sit to. I'll, I'll put a number of 60%. I think it's more likely than not with Michael Keaton coming back, it makes sense. Do they tie it to that specific universe? I don't know. I also don't think they have to, but they might. Um, I think... This is a great move. And again, this goes back to the question we just talked about, but we'll leave it there. What do you want to do with this character moving forward? Is he overall bringing everybody together? If that's it, then that's got to be his main focus. If not, and it's kind of like he does do the crisis thing, but he doesn't have to be the center point, then I do want him to work with a Terry McGinnis who could become a Batman. You could also retcon that story too, to be honest, of like, hey, Terry McGinnis is the one they need to bring back as Batman. Maybe, maybe they kill a bat flick. Maybe they kill a previous Batman. Maybe they get Christian Bale to come back for a cameo for a justice league movie and he dies. And then they need a Batman to refill, you know, just like there are ways you can do it that I think would be cool that don't have to necessarily align with the comic books. If Terry Mm -hmm. McGinnis is that guy, I would like to see Michael B. Jordan play Terry McGinnis. I think he's got the chops. I think he's young enough. Um, it's a it's an actor that obviously has spanned through superhero movies. Um, he's got that swag that Terry McGinnis has. Terry McGinnis is confident in himself. He talks a lot. He believes in himself. I believe Michael B. Jordan could play this role very well. I'd like him a lot in that role. Who would you want, Mark? All right, so here's my question before I would pick. Are we getting Terry McGinnis, who is supposedly a clone of Bruce Wayne? Or we just I would say just any Terry McGinnis, but obviously if you want to stay canon, then he would have to be the same, at least quasi-race. His mom could maybe be different, obviously, but if he's a true clone, then obviously he would probably have to be a white person like Michael Keaton. Mine would be Joe Keery, the guy from um, Stranger Things, the um, the like older teen that's oh, yeah, not really yeah. part of the main group mm-hmm. you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah yeah. i mean just go look at a picture of him like i just imagine with the long like hair. a longer mm-hmm. hair yep there you go that's where i'm going with that so he'd be my pick for terry i just like michael b jordan because i feel like he could do the confident part of terry mcginnis well but that's a great point with the clone like in, in canon terms it would it would have to be a white person that was my thought because then then my thought would be if we're going away from the clone i was thinking of um Gosh, I was just looking at him too. Uh, the guy from Moonlight. Um, um, oh gosh, name? yeah, Ashton yeah. Sanders. Yes, he'd be great too. Just go because I was thinking like go with someone younger too. So like because that's what because Terry McGinnis is supposed to be in high school. So you got to give me like a high school age kid or at least someone that can look like a high school kid, not Tobey Maguire at thirty two. But you know whatever. Yeah, that's true. And that maybe would be the issue with Michael B. Jordan. I would agree with you. I I, I think if they do it, they especially have- if this movie is going to be in three years. Michael B. Jordan will be in his mid-30s. So then the next question is, do they go Batman Beyond Return of the Joker? Or is that like movie two? I don't think you could do Jack Nicholson, but... Gosh, Jack Nicholson out. would be sweet. Hear me out, hear me lie. out, hear me out. Hear me out. I know who you're going to say. I already know it. M- M- Mark Hamill. I knew it. I was going to say. It's Mark Hamill, right? And, and, and for Alfred, Kevin Conroy. I like Kevin Conroy's Alfred. I like that play. I do. I, I just made Warner Brothers another billion dollar billion dollars, and when this movie comes out and it has all those actors, boom. Do you billion go dollars. same storyline, Mark? Do you like copy verbatim oh, that storyline? Hell yeah. Yeah, I think I so. I mean, too. you would have to make you would have to make it a little longer because isn't that movie like it's an hour minutes? and it's an hour and like twenty. There you go. So you'd have to 
you probably want to make it a two-hour movie, so you'll have to add more stuff to it. But there's plenty they could add, and that's I'll I'll talk about that movie a little later. That that movie's really fresh on my mind. Is there an evil Robin? Right? Am I remembering that right? Yeah. Or is that so a different story in line? that movie, so in that Robin, in that, okay, it is, there you go. Yeah. So for hang on here, let's keep going. So Michael Keaton, I know he's not. He never met with Robin Batman forever, but let's say Chris O'Donnell, who played Batman, who played Robin comes back as that character yeah so you're saying chris o'donnell is the older version of robin in that universe who plays kid robin you gotta have a kid play him i should probably just give me that wolfgang kid from yeah. Stranger things oh well, gosh man he, he's too old it'd have to to be a kid uh, no i'm serious and you're right well then i then i don't know just Maybe talking give me... about that character and, and again i just watched this it has to be a kid. It, it to get the effect. It has to be a kid. So it it just an unknown kid. There you go. Yeah. I, honestly, go to like go find all the horror movie kids and talk to them. Those Round are the kids. Up. Those are the kids we need <laughs> to talk to. Who wants to play Robin? You're not playing Robin in that movie. I'll put it that way. You're not there to play Robin. Anybody can play Robin, in my opinion, to do what they need to do with that. Um, no, it, it'll. It's it, it's a rumor. I just wanted to add it onto the conversation at the end of this that. I it'll be very interesting to me DC seems to jump the gun on really good stories so I feel like Return of the Joker is going to be something that if they do this they're going to 100% do the question mark is who do they have do what because you need an older Joker you need an older Robin and you need a younger Robin and you're, you're right like those are great I questions. Just, well I just cast I just did the casting for it so like Warner no, Brothers just hire yeah. me and Raguchi so yeah, I think there you go I think you got great points. Um, let's let's close out with some DC news real quick. Um, Justice League star Ray Fisher has taken to social media to speak out against Joss Whedon. This was from IndieWire on July first, um, and he said that that uh, blah, 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 that Whedon came on to f- or oversee the Justice League reshoots and finish post production. Whedon injected a lighter tone into the movie with more jokes into the Justice League theatrical cut, which prompted fan demand for Zack Snyder's original movie. Uh, the quote uh, the quote in question is a tweet coming from um, Ray Fisher, which he said on July 1st at 11.19 a.m., Joss Whedon's on-set treatment of the cast and crew of Justice League was gross, abusive, unprofessional, and completely unacceptable. He was enabled in many ways by Jeff Johns and John Berg, accountability greater than entertainment. He also would go on to retract a statement he made basically praising the movie when they were in press press releases. I that part's interest that that part's like whatever because anybody well, promoting their, to praise it to be paid. Right, you got you got to promote your movie. You have no choice but yeah. to promote your movie. This is obviously after so just for those that are like, "Well, why did he think it was not good before?" It's like, "All right, anybody's going to well, say he was their being, he good. was being paid to to say that because he wants people to go see that movie so he can probably make more money." So Yeah, it doesn't matter how good or bad the movie is. You yeah, I just I wanted to put that there. Not that I necessarily we'll talk more about him, but I just wanted to make that clear. Um this was updated last night at 5:15 mark, which is why we're talking about it. Former Warner Brothers co-president of production John Berg told Variety that it is categorically untrue that we enabled any unprofessional behavior in the wake of Ray Fisher's statement. I remember Fisher being upset that I that we wanted him to say booyah, which is a well-known saying of Cyborg in the animated series. Mark, whose side are you on? Are you on Ray Fisher's side, or are you on the side of Warner Brothers and Joss Whedon? I am on nobody's side right now, because when it comes to stuff like this, like he, he said, he said, or he said, she said, or she said, she said... Um, there's just not enough information right now. Like what my first thought is like, 
Okay, did anyone on the Marvel sets ever have anything bad to say about Josh Whedon? Like, is there more context to it? Is Or people on this set? Or are there more people that can corroborate what Ray Fisher felt and saw? And, and like, what were what were some of the stuff that he enabled? Was there any detailed stuff about that? Or is it just, like, a broad statement? That's all he's kind of saying. It's a very broad statement. It's, it's not really anything. There's not enough for me to make a side but i'll definitely hear more about it i mean it's gaining traction though mark because of black lives matter that's what i'm saying like what does ben affleck have to say about whedon what does uh gal gadot have to say what does um henry cavill or uh, jason momoa let me hear their opinions on it do you think part of the reason though mark that they were all because all of them were like release the snyder cut all of them were saying hashtag release the snyder cut do you feel like this is another way of them saying, look, Joss Whedon sucked. This movie was not what we signed up for. Maybe. And now Ray Fisher has a platform to talk about it. And maybe it's... But see, that's my thing. Like, unprofessional. Like, what does that entail? Like, was he being racist? Was he being sexist? Was he being he verbally being abusive? Racist. Or was he coming... Or like, Because my thought goes like this. Okay, obviously the balance set was Zack Snyder and he's run it a certain way. And then Josh Whedon comes out... And he probably runs into completely his set completely different. So maybe that's where there was clashing. So that's why I don't want to pick a side because I don't know. I don't know all the facts or. No, obviously neither of us have all the facts. And it's a talking point on, the, on shows like ours. How dare you make me pick a side? It's a talking Mark, point. It's just what it is. I, I think what I'm trying to make the point of is. I would tend to probably agree more with Ray Fisher simply because. Joss Whedon has had other allegations against him for sexual Okay, there you go. I, I didn't know that. So. In the past, obviously, when he was working on the Batgirl movie, that was something that came up. They took him off that project. I think that's one reason I would maybe be quick to align with Ray Fisher. I, I didn't know that, so there, there it is. There you go. The other thing I would say, too, is I wonder if this is a reason Ben Affleck left. Obviously, the DC Universe is a convoluted mess, which we've talked about at the beginning of the show, but maybe this is another factor of it, Mark. Maybe Ben Affleck was treated like garbage, and he's like, look, I'm Ben freaking Affleck. I don't have to deal with this garbage. I'm out. Whereas, <laughs> like, Ray Fisher, no disrespect to that guy, this he was an unknown coming into this. Um, yeah, pretty much. Jason Momoa is going to go do other things, which he has. Gal Gadot is going to go do other oh, things. He but Ezra has. Miller and Ray Fisher, I mean, they're kind of tied to this sink or, sink or swim, right? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, Ezra Miller, eh, Ezra Miller probably has more clout going into Justice League than Ray Fisher did, but... Definitely. Yeah, I think that this is their major exposure to, you know, to have all eyes focused on them. So, yeah, they want to save face and... I'm just more inclined to go, Ray Fisher might be more right just because of what Joss Whedon did. But on the flip side, if all of Joss Whedon's allegations are incorrect, then maybe he has more leverage. I, I just think Joss Whedon has had a couple too many allegations for me to sit here and go, you know what, we should wait for the... And I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing you doing that. I'm simply saying... For me, I know I get it. For me, I'm like, nah. You have two or three, then there might be something here. Well, that that that's why I went with that. Like on this on this specific set of Justice League, if you give me, it doesn't have to be the major actors. It could be other people who are on the crew saying crap, or not crap, but like saying like, hey, he he was bad. Then yeah, then it's gonna make me lean more towards that group of people. But just one on one, yeah. And then and then what you said, if he has a track record of this, and yeah, I'm definitely gonna lean more towards Ray Fisher because you know he's proven in his past that he's not willing to change and continues to be who he is. So I also am not gonna hold back on Jeff Johns. I think Jeff Johns is shouldn't be anywhere near theatrical DC stuff. He's made an absolute convoluted mess just from a story perspective. I don't. I, I'm not speaking to his unprofessionalism, but 
than look at his animated stuff. Like, isn't he attached to all that stuff? So yeah, but he's done well but there. on the flip side, but again, and that's what the, that that's why they picked him for this these series, though. There are two different things. Going though, to Jeff Mark. Johnson is yeah, exactly where it's like they thought he could translate that to the screen, which I don't think obviously hasn't proven to be as effective as he has been. With the that. reason Kevin Feige is such an enigma, and it's unfortunate for everybody that they have to be compared to Feige because. Feige is just like he he's the Michael Jordan of this category. Like nobody can do what Feige's done because he has all this raw experience on X-Men, Spider-Man, Fantastic 4, Spider-Man 2, all these previous Marvel movies that were duds in some categories and he took those notes, he kept watching, he kept thinking. He's had all this experience to couple all of it with whereas Jeff Johns just has experience in managing comic books and graphic novels. I I just think like Jeff John shouldn't be anywhere near the project. They need a Hollywood person to manage it. You need a James But at the same Bond. time, yes, like I get where you're going with this, but at the same time, Warner Brothers, going back to what we've talked about this in the past, and we'll continue to talk about how many hands are in the cookie jar of Warner Brothers DCU, where in Marvel, it just seems like it's just Kevin Feige, and who's ever in, in charge of Kevin Feige is just like, you're doing great. You keep doing what you're doing. We'll stay out of it. Yeah. And it doesn't seem to be the fact in Warner Brothers. Because that was a big issue with Justice League. And yeah. Did they have a turnover of management during that? And like, there was like five people dictating how they wanted the movie to be, you know, shown and produced. So it's it's kind of hard to make a good. And also two directors, because of you know the situation that happened with Zack Snyder and his family, and then bringing someone else in. It's like why not just pause and just wait for whatever. I yeah. th- I was just gonna say that point, Mark. You're nailing it. Why would you not take a month off and go? You know what? The guy who's built this, he's Zack Snyder. Whether you like or hate Zack Snyder, he had built that universe to that point. He should have been the one making that call. They should have said, hey, we're going to take as much time as you need. If we got to push the release out, that's fine. We're Warner Brothers. We can pay these people. And I think everybody in the room would have understood. Don't you think? Which they which they already did. Well, once before, because what movie was it going to go up against in its initial release? It was a Marvel movie. Um, oh, it was um, it was, was Civil, Civil War. War. It was Civil War. Yeah. So I mean, they they were already willing to do it once. Why not one more time? I don't know. Just it's stupid. They were way off with that. But the the DC slander will continue. But it is interesting. I I don't know. I I don't know. I I think Ray Fisher's taking advantage of an opportunity to speak, which is great. I also think he has nothing else to do. Yeah, there's also that thought too. <laughs> not not to be mean. Just, he has no he has I'm, no other major I'm, jobs that I know of. Maybe he is on other projects, but I don't know about them. They haven't come across your desk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, my desk. <laughs> oh, another. I need pictures of Spider Man and Ray Fisher. <laughs> that's that's what I'm doing. Um, an exclusive from Collider. Speaking of coming across my desk, uh, the Boys showrunner Eric Kripke confirms Jeffrey Dean Morgan may be joining season season three. He really says maybe. Says maybe yeah. he might be in there. I don't know. <laughs> I won't tell. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, yeah. I feel like it's that. If you haven't seen the boys, stop what you're doing immediately. The article says that, by the way. But I would endorse that statement. Mark, would you? I was gonna say that that's. I was gonna say I would have said the same thing. But if it's in the article, we all feel the same way. So there. I is. guess if Collider says it, I'm gonna go watch it. Go binge the entire first season on Amazon Prime. That also is said in the article. The show about a team of more or less average guys policing superheroes who abuse their power was easily one of the best new series to come out last year. With season two premiering September, Collider recently got to speak with showrunner Eric Kripke about the series and specifically about whether or not The Walking Dead's Jeffrey Dean Morgan might be joining the the cast. 
Some context. I, I just had to stop you. Everything I've seen lately is like, oh, Walking Dead's Jeffrey Dean Morgan. It's like, is that really like the main thing he's been in the last few years that everyone ties him to? Yeah, that's his bit. All right. That's his bit. To me, he's the comedian. So He is the comedian. I agree. Some context, Morgan publicly lobbied for a role in the show on Twitter last year, and Kripke responded positively. Oh, that's right. Noting he, he could write him a role in season three. I believe you hotted that, Mark. I am fairly confident yeah. you put that on your hotter snot at some point. Oh, I'm day. I'm all about anything Jeffrey Dean Morgan. He's he's amazing, and hopefully he's not actually an abuser or yes, uh, a bad person. So like this. So if it comes back to bite me in the butt, I just want to put that out there. Would you say on the Infinity Bros cast that you are the top Jeffrey Dean Morgan fan? I I I have to take it because I love the Watchmen so much, and I love the comedian. And the role he plays as a comedian so much. So, yeah, I think I got to be top fan. I, I mean, I'll, another show that I know him in, but he's not in a ton, is uh, Supernatural. So there's also oh, that's right. that. And and in Weeds, I mean, he's in there for yeah. like three episodes, but he's the, the dad in that. I should probably finish the article. One sec here. Uh, yeah, I'm Kripke, sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> we're, we're, like, we're like, yeah, what do you think about this? <laughs> Let me. And all of a sudden, the episode turned into Mark <laughs> Pondering and just the... reflecting on roles of Jeffrey Dean Morgan. <laughs> The camera turns. It's like a just a homage to to Jeffrey Dean Morgan. It's just like your closet's filled with Jeffrey Dean Morgan stuff. Kripke says, "I absolutely have talked to him. There's one role we're talking about. He has to uh, we have to like coordinate because you know he's on The Walking Dead, so he has another home. But we already talked about one role, and there might be a potential other that we're talking about. But we are just this past week, we're literally texting back and forth, trying to figure out how to get him on the show. I don't think it's a done deal yet. So but that's the why it's is there, okay. and we're both talking about it." Mark, what is the percentage chance that Jeffrey Dean Morgan joins the boys? If he joins, what is your rating of that? Oh, well, it's a six out of six. Um, so that's why it's a maybe, because they're still in talks. And the fact that he has lobbied for it to be in the show, probably a good chance that he's willing to wiggle his way in and make it fit in his schedule, no matter what. I wish I knew more about the boys and, like, is there a character he could play? Or are they thinking, like, is he going to be there for three episodes or a recurring cast member? So... Who knows? So is it either them creating it or is there a character in the boys universe to put him in? I would six out of six this as well, Mark. I'm with you. And who's the other guy? Didn't they just tease like, oh, there's also someone else too. But you know, we don't need to worry about them right now. Well, it's interesting because they got uh, Giancarlo. What's that? What's his last name? I forget his last name. He's from um, Breaking Bad. He's the big bad over the superheroes, remember? Um, and I, I'm, I'm interested to see would they put him in that role or would he play more of a protagonist joining the boys in oh the my gosh to take them yes down. That make him join the boys give me him the whole season and then just gets killed at the end yeah or like give him get like sell it that we're having him and then two episodes in kill him oh um, even better max that's a, that's that's right into my heart give me like oh we're gonna get a whole season of him and then just kill the two episodes take him on all the oh, yeah. take him on all the press tours do, do it like you did loki in infinity war you remember that? Oh they, my god! They really yes. made Tom Hiddleston go to everything. Tom Hiddleston—that was our whole thing. Like, yeah, he was going to be like the one of the main guys to kill Thanos, and then like in the first scene, he gets killed. Well, he might get killed because he used the knife with his left hand, and he only—he's dead, left Mark. Hand get the he... heck out of here, Mark. That Loki's dead. Get out of here. They've confirmed it, Mark. Knock that garbage off. Okay, he's dead. Let me think. Let me just backtrack. Let's get a little off topic here. He's dead in a comic book movie. And comic book movies are made up, just like wrestling in This Is Us. And you can write whatever you want to make him alive. You're right. Oh my You're right, Max. He's dead for real. <laughs> Moving on. I love that we went from Jeffrey Dean Morgan to Loki to wrestling to This Is Us. 
That's the Infinity Bros podcast. No, I I I love it. I'm with you. <laughs> it sounds like this is just like a hey, we just got to sign some papers and figure things out. It sounds like this is like 95%, right? Yeah, it's pretty he's I, he's like, yeah, it's he wants to do it. They want him in. They're going to and they're he they said, he, "Oh, they're going to figure out something for him. Either write him in or Are you going to binge season 2?" Well, I guess you can't because they're doing they're doing like three episodes on the. Front are they end. doing one at a time? Yeah, they're doing three episodes on the front, and they're doing five weeks in a row after that. So are you gonna binge Screw the first? Screw you! Well, yeah, yeah. I gotta watch. I gotta watch the first season again. Yeah, watch it, with it is about it is it. about that time to. Do start you think watching. Robert Smartnick, one of our friends, has watched it after a, almost a year of campaigning for him to watch it? I don't know. It's so I mean, good. It is so good. It just sounds. It just sounds like a friend group. I give him my Amazon Prime to watch it, and I don't think he ever has. Just like I. Bought you the Princess Bride movie, which took you, you know, a year. People donated money for you to get it. Two thousand like, dollars worth of. Donating. I just feel like I love you guys way too much, and we only do too much, and you give me nothing in return. It's kind of like we set a time to meet to do a show, right? We're like, hey, we're gonna do this show at this time because this works for all the parties concerned, and then one of the three people doesn't show. Oh, you're getting your you're getting your jets, and I love it. Good. I'm not. I'm not saying names. Oh, it's not me. But there was supposed to be a third there person was, on this. I'm not. You're gonna have to on guess. this current recording. You're gonna have to guess. He's, they got what four people they can choose from. Maybe it was a guest member. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Maybe it was Scott Higa. Maybe it was Scott. I give that take a negative point seven five out of six. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Scott just like threw his computer across the room now. Ah, Mark. Ah. If I ever meet that guy, I'm gonna grab him by the collar and punch him in the face. <laughs> Let's get to our last piece of new. This like we've just talked. We're talking about rumors today. Like this isn't even nerd news. This is all rumors. I thought that I didn't think. Okay, are we talking about you? You tell me, and I'll and I'll dive in. Deadpool kills the Mar- the Fox's Marvel universe pitched by Ryan Reynolds allegedly, according to MovieWeb, and there's a bunch of rumors on this. Like there's been rumors on Reddit. There's been rumors on tons of sites. So I actually believe this happened, but again, it, it's classified as a rumor. Um, okay. A wild new rumor has surfaced that uh, Deadpool 3 would be one for the ages per this wild and unsubstantial rumor. Ryan Reynolds actually pitched making a Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe movie. What's more, he was perhaps looking to reteam with the master of Bayhem himself, Michael Bay. They do call it master of Bayhem. That's a terrible pun, and we would never endorse that. Um, <laughs> Mark, do you think... Okay, two questions. Three, three questions here. Yes, six out of six. Okay, yep. Rating, great. We got that out of the way. Okay. Would this be what you want for Deadpool 3? I guess that's yes, a question. Yes, I do. You do G- want Give this. me that next next question, yes. Okay. Is it true? Um, I thought it was. Didn't Ryan Reynolds say that he did pitch this? I don't have that did article come in from front him? of me, but I can I I, I would I think it's because, true. Because okay, cuz we're not we're not the rumor isn't oh they're in development and this is what they're going to do. Agreed. It's, the rumor the rumor in quotations is he pitched this. And well, why would you not want it? Cuz I mean it, the pitch is he kills the Marvel Universe of the past. So he kills off the X-Men. He kills off the old X-Men and Fantastic Four. So you, so you bring all those people in, the Fantastic Four. What else could we give? You think he's going to get all of them back? You think he's going to get all of those cats back? No way. Think of, think of it like this, though. All of them, like uh, people that have been outspoken about if they do another one, it would have to be their last one. And what better to kill off your character than this? And no one else, if this is true, this is probably how you get Hugh Jackman Wolverine back for one, one more movie. This is a garbage story. I won out of six this. I fan-fortastic this story. Uh, no, you can't one out of six it and give it a fan-fortastic. It's either a fan-fortastic or you give it a rating. Fan-fortastic. Is that lower than one? There you go. Is that it, lower it than is. one? Okay. We need to like yeah. edit our bumper to like make sure that fan-fortastic is in there. No, no. The fan-fortastic is a surprise because, you know, 
Not everything's a fan fantastic. Fair enough. I would fan fantastic this for a couple reasons. One, Michael Bay, yuck. If we're doing <laughs> okay, this <yeah>. movie, <laughs> no way do I want Michael Bay doing this movie. Okay? That's my first thing. Is that part of the rumor that he, he Ryan Reynolds pitched yes. both... The, the Mar- Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe, and that Michael he Bay. wants Michael Bay to direct. Yes, that's a terrible job. There'd be, there'd be a lot of explosions. I tell you that. <laughs> Do you think we get a Transformer if Michael Bay directs? Yes, one hundred percent. He at least makes a Transformer joke, right? Then I want it more. Yeah. Give me it. No, I agree. Think, I think. Oh, do they get Shia LaBeouf? Then I want it. Oh even gosh, more. no. I think I, I fan fantastic this because it's not going to happen. So don't even like tease me. Like I feel like yes, do I want this to happen? Yes, I do. But it's not going to happen, so don't tease me. First of all, Hugh Jackman's not coming back. He won't come back. Well, they didn't say that's not the rumor. It's not the rumor, but he's not. But that's what we need. Hugh Jackman's got to come back. All these cats got to come back. Michael B. Jordan's got to come back for fan fantastic. Oh, we're getting. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, dude, that ain't happening. So don't even tease me. Don't even tease me. Two sets, two sets of Fantastic Four, and another. Oh. Well, he's got that little time machine now, so he totally could. Yeah, whatever. And, he, and that's the other. And I think the bigger reason I would give this such a low rating on this news rumor is this does not <laughs> benefit the Deadpool character that has been amazing for two movies. Hell yeah, it does. No, that's, it does that's not. One of his, this is, is this what, is what, a, where does where does his where does his Deadpool kills the Marvel universe rank in issues sold? No, it doesn't matter where it ranks as issues sold. It's a shtick. The character development yeah. of this he, character... That's, that's all Deadpool is, is a shtick. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, I, that's a fair argument. It's a but I think what well, I would of course say is, is I would rather see a full-fleshed-out Deadpool movie of two hours... You want to see a legit... And, and, and see a would legit it retcon him getting Deadpool into the DC movie? universe? Okay. Sure. It would retcon him getting into the DC universe. I agree there. But I just think I would rather see it focus on him, give him more character development, throw in some more goofy characters that we didn't know before... Make it fun. It's not anyone else. It's him. He's in the whole movie killing everybody else. I don't like it. I, don't, I really don't. I don't like it. And it's, it's... It's... Okay, hear me out. Okay. Okay. I just thought of this right now. And you might be enjoying this. So, same concept. He's... He, you know, we're bringing everyone back. But it's a combo of both Deadpool kills Marvel Universe and Deadpool v. Zombies. That I can so get not by. O- not now we're only talking... Not only is he killing off or the old characters, they're bringing them back probably for one day set stuff. So I think that could be very easy if they did that, or just for a few of them, or you know, for one scene you could just blow up a house. I really but like they're Deadpool turning into one. Zombies. Deadpool one's a six out of six. I like Deadpool two a lot more than other people did. It's okay, but I liked it. like here, here's where I hear about Deadpool two. I hear people either hated it or I hear people think it's okay. I would put it at four out of six. It's a good I would movie. Agree with that. It's I like the character development. It's a good movie. I don't, is it like than the Captain greatest Marvel, movie yeah. ever? No, but Deadpool 1, 6 out of 6, it's it's a good movie. Is it overrated as a 6 for a 6? Yes, it is. Deadpool 1 is an overrated movie. Just be honest. But the fact that that movie got greenlit, the way it got built, it's a 6 out of 6, it earns it. I just don't buy this story working. I don't buy it working. A lot has to happen in two hours. A lot of people got to come back for it. Could the MCU do it? Yes. Will they do it? Heck no, they won't. Maybe. Maybe. <coughs> All right. Uh, maybe. <laughs> All right, let's head to hot or snot. Hot or snot. <laughs> I got a new hot or snot bumper, so that's why I took a long pause in between, Mark. Ooh. Yeah. A new one. Oh, they'll have heard it. You you won't you won't have heard it, but I'll have, they'll have heard it. Um, every week we like to have a water cooler discussion about things that we are talking about in uh, cult, pop culture. They could be new. 
They could be dull, but they're things that we're consuming. I'm going to go first, Mark. Um, I watched a bunch of things this week because I've just been hanging around the house with my boy as my wife is working slash not feeling well. Ooh, Jardine was over? <laughs> I did have a cigar with Jardine the other day. That was like my first cigar I've had in a long time. I really enjoyed that. I really, really That's enjoyed nice. that. I need to have an, I, I think I'm going to make that a quarterly thing. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, my new thing, a quarterly cigar time with Jardine. Um, I watched My Neighbor to Totoro, uh, Totoro excuse me. I, I, I've been pronouncing that incorrectly like my whole life, but um, this was obviously a uh, a uh, very, very, very well done um, anime movie uh, by Hiro Miyazaki. When two girls... Hang on. You watched an anime movie this week? Yeah, I just said na- My Neighbor Totoro. I just said that. Go on. It's rated G. On. When two girls move to the country to be near their ailing mother, they have adventures with the wondrous forest beasts who live nearby. Fun fact, Tim Daly, who plays Superman in a lot of cartoon movies, is the dad in this, Mark. How about that? Yeah, he's in it. And then, what are the sisters' names again? They're famous. Well, one of them's famous. Dakota Fanning, that's right. Dakota and Elle Fanning, that's right. They were the two sisters in it. I give it a six. Uh, they're both famous. What? Go on, six out of six? Yeah, six out of six this. I, I thought it was really good. A, a lot of people have seen it. It's obviously an older movie from um, the 90s, but I think it was developed in 2001, 2002. It's not as strong as uh, Princess Mononoke or Spirited Away to me, um, but it's endearing. It's joyful. I had a really fun time with it. Um, this was a perfect movie just to throw on with my kid in the background. Cute, playful things. Very not a scary movie. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um, did you watch this on HBO Max? Is that where you saw it? I did. Um, yeah, I did. Actually, it's funny you say that. So the movie I want to talk about today, though, that I want to give a lot of attention to on Hot or Snot is Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. Full disclosure on this movie. I'm fairly confident this movie traumatized me as a kid. I did not remember how dark this movie was. Uh, mm-hmm. This one stars Will Friedel, Mark Hamill, Kevin Conroy, and Angie Harmon. Um, and, and a slew of other smaller characters, but those four are the main ones from the show. It is based off of the series Batman Beyond, which a lot of our listeners, I think, listen to. The Joker is back with a vengeance, and Gotham's newest Dark Knight it needs answers as he stands alone to face Gotham's most, most infamous clown prince of crime, Mark Hamill, obviously playing the Joker. I can't give this movie a higher six out of six than I could. This is one of the best DC movies ever made. It's frightening. I actually tweeted about it this week, if you follow me on Twitter. I was floored, Mark. I just didn't remember the Robin scene. I just didn't remember it. I I, I probably blocked it out of my mind as a kid, because I can't imagine an 11, 12-year-old Max watching this and not coming away traumatized in some capacity with this. Um, the This movie is is haunting. It is the scariest DC cartoon movie I think you could ever watch. I would argue this is not a movie I would show to kids under 13. Um, this is a pretty dark movie, but it's a, an incredible idea, very well executed. This is the best Mark Hamill Joker performance, in my opinion, of his. He's had a lot of very good ones. This is the best one. Um, this is Kevin Conroy at, at some of his best work. I don't think it's Kevin Conroy's best work, but it's one of his best works. Will Friedle is dynamite in this, um, but the 20-minute scene in the middle where it basically goes from Joker attacking Bruce Wayne in his mansion to the flashback of what happens to Joker is still some of the most gut-punching, gut-wrenching, 
break your heart 20 minutes of cartoon movie I've ever watched, period. And I, I cannot speak more highly of this movie. Mark, I know we've talked about this. Any thoughts on this movie you'd add for those that haven't watched this? I think it's good. Yeah, you're right. It's dark. Um, <clears throat> probably some of the best Joker Mark Hamill you'll get. But I think like I think the mistake people made back in the day with this one was they were like, oh, I, my 10-year-old can have this movie. I really don't think if you're under 13, you should watch it. I would. Well, I'm sure it different mindset. Think about it in 2000. What is it? 2001, this movie came out? Yes. I'll look it up. Totally well, different mindset. We weren't we weren't so PC and soft back in the days. You know, kids were tough. They were smoking cigarettes, drinking caffeinated beverages all the time, eating Doritos before they were super cheesy and stuff. So, you know, we were tougher back then. Yeah, it came out in 2000. Sure, we were tougher because we ate Cheez-Its. But, I, I mean... <laughs> I dude, like I, I was floored watching this. So like I was like, oh my gosh, my parents just like bought this movie for me because I asked them to, and they didn't even like look into it. This is crazy. Um, well, and it was isn't it rated PG or is it PG thirteen? So, so that'd be interesting. I don't know that. Definitely not R. Let me. Obviously. I'm, I'm looking real quick. I want to. I want to double check for our for our listeners. It is PG thirteen. So there you go. It, and it's so PG-13 because of the Joker, uh, because of the, the yeah. Robin stuff. I don't want to spoil that if you haven't seen it. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, you saw a picture. That basically kind of tells the story. If you don't follow me on Twitter and you're like, I want to check this out, it is on HBO Max. I still would say, if your kid's under 13, I, I don't recommend them watching it. I really don't. I think it is a haunting depiction. It is. I'm floored that they had the foresight to go make that effort um yeah i i absolutely crazy crazy story um it's a great movie um the other thing i i watched this week which is like on the completely other side of the of the spectrum is into the unknown the making of frozen 2 i have never i had never seen frozen 2 until this week after i watched this and give frozen 2 a four out of six not not too high not too low um really impressive to watch behind the scenes how pixar makes their movies Basically, Mark, if you watch this movie, you're going to find out how they build their story, their songs, their characters, their actors. And I six out of six this. This is an amazing documentary. This is the content that I want on Disney+. Plus. This is what I want. I want this. The Mandalorian obviously made theirs. That's a six out of six. I want this for the Marvel Universe. I want this for everything you make. DC, uh, uh, blah. Disney Plus, you have got to, got to, got to give us more documentaries of how you make stuff. It's all fascinating. It's all cool. Everybody does a great job. Six out of six. If you love Frozen or your kids love Frozen, I think they'll like this. I really do. I think it's fun to watch this stuff, and it gives them a perspective. Hey, I could be doing this one day. Or, hey, this director is a woman, and she's really strong and passionate about this character. I could direct, or I could be an artist. I I think there's a lot of good stuff with that. And it's a much easier, less political way to show kids, especially girls, hey, you can do these these roles. And then finally, Mark, before I get into snot, uh, the Princess Bride remake, Mark. What are your thoughts on that before I rate my opinion on that? Um, well, it's not. Is it newer news? Because I've heard rumors in the past it's happened the last, Disney uh, Disney because in Disney Plus, it's a Disney Plus thing, right? Like it is remake. not. It's a Quibi thing. Oh, okay. Um, then I don't know. I'll post I'll post a link in the show notes, Mark, uh, for you to check out later. Uh, basically, a slew of actors are doing a low-budget remake where they're going to film and record themselves doing the Princess Bride 
in their homes, backyards, and around oh. their neighborhoods. Okay, yes, I have heard about this. I give. This... I think there's also another rumor where their Disney was talking about doing a remake for Disney Plus. Yes, that's not happening. But okay. I give this. Okay. I give this news a six out of six because the Princess Bride sucks, and we're remaking it, so we're giving it another shot. Oh my gosh, screw you, Max. Nothing else to say, huh? Well, I mean, I could use a different word, but, you know, we don't want that explicit title next to our podcast. I thought you've done a good job today, too, because you kind of tried to say uh, earlier you were you were trying to, you tried to say a swear word, but you cut yourself off. Was I? I don't Maybe I was. Well, I mean, it wasn't like you weren't bad, but you were you were going to out of joy. You were going to say. Oh, yeah, maybe you were going to say something. perhaps I have one snot. Uh, the snot comes from Time Magazine. Time Magazine. Oh, oh. I'm getting an ad now. What the heck? Time Magazine. There we go. Time Magazine. You still read magazines? Well, it's from their website, right? Um, it, well, then their website. You can you can check out this article. I'll post it in the show notes. But if you want to like hear the author's perspective, she tweets about it. Her name is Eliana Doctorman. Um, and the article talks about we're re-examining how we portray cops on screen. Now it's time to talk about superheroes. I want to pause and talk about this real quick. And this is a serious subject, so I'm not going to rate this article. But I am going to say I'm super disappointed on this article for a couple different reasons. And if you read the article, she basically attacks the Marvel Cinematic Universe and DC Universes and how they portray mostly white men in their roles. While I can, of course, say, yes, that is a very popular thing that we need to maybe do better on in regards to diversity. I had real issues with the fact that she didn't bring up how the X-Men were written and how they were basically in, in the 60s, 70s, 80s that those characters were written for the Martin Luther King Jr. Malcolm X discussion. Those two characters are literally written based off that. She doesn't talk all, about... All, all the early 60s Marvel stuff that Stanley wrote was a social commentary on what was happening in the time. Exactly. So. And they weren't of color so because the author, because the readers, excuse me, didn't want to read about people of color until they finally put Black Panther in there. But you'll notice they covered Black Panther top to bottom in a costume because they knew their readers would struggle to read about it. So they, in a sense, smuggled them in. Obviously, our country has had racist issues. We talked about this last week on our show. We're not going to maybe we, we can, I guess, if you want to dive into it. And that, and, and I'm sorry to jump in, but I mean, I haven't read this article, but her saying that with it, she's just saying cinematically, because obviously she's saying that without having read any new comic books she was from well, these that's, companies that's the other thing i was gonna say is this is a, this is a narration on in my opinion the cinematic universes which i think do require some work but if you follow the mcu in any slight obviously the mcu is going to be moving in a more diverse direction black panther captain marvel are leading the helm we have a black widow movie coming up we have a shang chi movie coming after like literally that is their plan for the next set set of movies the new Captain America is black. WandaVision, that will be a Wanda Maximoff-centered TV show. I mean, we're talking about these shows and movies. They're mostly diverse outside of this. And that also, you bring that up with, you know, what Disney, didn't they, like, plan this? Didn't they say this a couple years ago? Like, hey, for our future films, it's going to be more diverse. Like, they've said that. I know even... Because um, Feige knew. Uh, because Feige's a pioneer. What's, what's his knew. name? The the guy who plays uh, Falcon. Um, Anthony Mackie. Didn't he come out like a week ago, or not come out, but um, he said a couple weeks, or was it last week or the week before, where like not only are actors not re well represented, but also like the cast and crew, or not, I mean not the cast crew, but like the, the crew. So it's like, yeah, well, right yeah. now, Marvel is attacking the cast part of it, 
Anthony Mackie speaks to the overall job, like every job not being represented. And I fully endorse that with him. I agree with him on that. That's a Hollywood thing. What this author and the, says, and is that's not this, and that's the top people who are doing the hiring, not necessarily. I mean, you exactly. can't. I, I don't think you can fault the people currently in those roles because no, agreed. Yeah, it's it's a. Are you intentionally looking for those people? Are you intentionally in pursuit of those people when you get their names, or are you just picking who you know well? And obviously, who you know well is going to be the same gender and ethnicity sometimes as you. That's just the way. It more, works. more, most likely. Yep. That, yep. That's not all the time. I'm just saying sometimes. But the real issue I have with this article is she says we're re-examining how we portray cops. She essentially compares cops to superheroes. And this, again, is a very well, mis- excuse me, not well, a misinformed belief. She goes, Batman reports to Gotham PD. The, the Avengers uh, report to S.H.I.E.L.D. If you watch Avengers and then you watch Captain America, the Winter Soldier, it literally talks about we cannot trust them. If you watch every Batman movie, it is literally a dilemma of, no, we cannot trust the, tr- trust the cops, or we have to do it a specific way because they're corrupt. This is not a good article. This is a terribly written article in regards to talking about those issues when if you go to her Twitter website, she's like, it's so weird how so many guys just aren't willing to admit that white men own all the superheroes. Yes, comic books have to work on that. Yes, those characters need to work on that. I agree with that. But to compare them explicitly to cops that is not the problem here. That is not the problem of the Fantastic Four. That is not the problem of Black Panther. That is not the problem of Superman. That is not the problem of these guys. They respect the cops. They respect the higher authority for the most part. But then she gets into the Punisher and how people are essentially worshiping the Punisher. And yeah, has the logo been a militarized thing? Sure. But the Punisher even acknowledges who he is. The Punisher kills cops and other people who are in the military because he was wronged by them and they were corrupt. dirty yeah and and just think of it like this 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 would be a thing i would like to tell her it's like you know you know what's the difference between a superhero who puts on a costume and a villain who puts on a costume what they do is what makes them the hero not their uniform she does talk about Watchmen and in, in spider-man and the spider-verse you can read this article it'll be tagged in the show notes here i just i had a really strong opinion about this article I feel like I need to talk, like, outspeak about it. I actually would love to have her on the podcast and hear her. I really would. I feel like she might provide some great perspective. It might be worth reaching out to her um, just to be like, hey, we'd love to talk to you about this. So she only has, like, 10,000 followers, so she's not that Twitter famous. Um, but the article was interesting. It didn't get much traction, though. A lot of people were pretty uh, flippant and boohoo about about it on uh, Twitter with her. So she's getting into a lot of fights about it. But that is my hotter snot. Mark? I will pass it off to you. All right. Talking, I got four right, things. Be talking, keep talking. I'll be right back. Be right back. I'm just, so I guess I'll get this off the bat because Max is not here to, you know, roll his eyes or even mock it. AEW Fighter Fest uh, premiered this last Wednesday and it's a two part. Uh, it would have been a pay-per-view, but in this case, it's not a pay-per-view. They're doing a two night event once. The first part was this last Wednesday, uh, the 1st, and the next one will be the 8th coming up. Um, pretty good. They did uh, some good storylines. Uh, got teased more on Jericho versus Orange Cassidy. Uh, we got... Oh, Max is coming back. There he is. Put on his headphones. <laughs> did you literally commentate there. me leaving and coming back? Oh, yeah. Of course I would. <laughs> I was talking about Fighter Fest for AEW was on. Oh my gosh! Well, I'm uh, glad I used yeah, to use the bathroom. Good job. 
Yeah. Well, I'm not done yet. Um, because it's a two-part thing, and you know, oh. Max, just to catch you up. Yeah, yeah. Let the me first hold part on. This hold last on. Let Wednesday. me let me get my oh. Twitter up so I can be reading while you talk. Go ahead. Okay. Good. Good. Uh, the next <laughs> the next part is next week, and I'm really pumped. And you should be pumped too, Max, because. Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho will finally face off against each other. So it'll be a match you'll have to watch next week. You got that, Max? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I, whatever it is, my, I got my other it. Hot, I've, I've written it down. Um, I watched The the Way Back, the Ben Affleck bas- basketball movie. Oh, I talked about this last week. You did. How about that? What do you, what do you give it? I, I, gave, you, it a, I gave it a six. Out, uh, or did I give it a five? I gave it a five out of six. I would say it's a five out of six. Um. How do you how do you feel about that? I guess if if you've already talked about it. Well, I talked about it last week. Why don't you share your thoughts and then I'll I'll add um, on. I thought it was good. I thought it was a good basketball movie. I or a sports movie. You know, you get your you know redemption storyline, and you know the coach is pretty much an alcoholic, but doesn't seem he seems to be kind of a functioning alcoholic until the end. But you know, I really loved how it ended, where it wasn't like a we win state, blah blah blah. Oh, I'm awesome. It ends with him going to rehab and recovering and getting back on track with his life. Spoiler alert for those that are planning on watching it. No, I, I agree. I I walked away wanting more basketball, personally. I, I felt like they didn't give me enough basketball. Um, The ending of that movie, I completely agree. I loved the ending. And I compared it last week on, on our show to The King of Staten Island, which I gave a lot of, a lot of grief to because... Same kind of character. It's a character that's a mess, and I. it's really hard to cheer for this character. Yes, he's trying to do good things, but I really am having a hard time. His end arc was like, it just didn't feel good, whereas Ben Affleck's, to put him in rehab, and it ends with him, since we've already spoiled it, the, the final shot in this movie is him um, shooting his first shot since he left high school. And I, I really felt like that was a beautiful end to that movie. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Did you watch King of Staten Island yet? Not yet. Uh, I I'm really interested to hear what you think of it. Oh, okay. Uh, my uh, last hot is uh, this past week I was in Duluth for our honeymoon in Duluth, Minnesota. And I was wearing an Infinity Bros t-shirt and uh, I was so shocked that someone was like, oh, I listened to that. Awesome. You know, listen to that podcast, Infinity Bros. I was like, me too. That's that's literally all that was really exchanged that that I'm remembering right now. And I wish I would have been like, hey, what's your name? So we can shout you out. Or even, I wish I just had a t-shirt too to just like throw out and be like, here's a t-shirt. So now I'm so thinking, we didn't like, even, we even get his t-shirts. Name. Yeah, I know. I was just, we were walking and uh, Kelly and I, and we were just, you know, it was just, I was just so shocked that, you know, someone would actually recognize Infinity Bros, I didn't know how to react. Max, this is what fame does. It's early fame. The Infinity Bros universe, as we've said, is is wide, it's deep, it it is it is representative. It has many, many people that we care about in the Infinity Bros universe. Young man, sir, or <laughs> dude, guy. whatever dude, or however you want to be represented, uh, just add us and tell me that your name so we can shout you out because I'm sorry I didn't take your name because I it was the first time someone's like, oh, I listened to that podcast. I'm like, awesome, dude. We'll definitely make sure we get you some merch, man. So reach out to the Infinity Bros podcast, uh, Twitter handle, Instagram or Facebook. Uh, we'll get that to Isaac. I'm sure Isaac can help us coordinate um, something for you. 
to make that happen. Isaac's listening right now. He's like, really? We just gave away something for free and I didn't endorse it. Okay, whatever. But yeah, we'll, we'll make that happen. Make sure you reach out to us. You know who you are and, and we'll make it happen. And if you see us in public, make sure you tell us and maybe we'll do that for you too. Not for Scott though. We're not going to give Scott anything for free. Yes. Yeah, screw Scott. Scott can pay, um, my, Scott can pay all the money. Okay. So my last item, I, d- I didn't want to put it snot and it's not really hot, but it was an interesting documentary that uh, Kelly and I watched this morning too, by the way, on Hulu. And it was called Hail Satan, and it's a documentary that follows Whoa. the satanic. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Um, Go on. <laughs> yeah, it follows. Um, I want to get this right because there's different diff- different satanic churches, but it was the uh, Satanic Temple. I think is the name of their of the religious organization, and like their whole shtick going back to that. It's it's not like I I don't know much. Anyways, they're more political than they are religious where it's like they're more a- activists where what I got out of it is like how they do stuff is like, they don't incite violence or hate, but their whole gab is, you know, giving back to the community and making it equal rights for all religions in America. And like their big proponent that we saw is, you know, the 10 commandments, uh, like outside the courthouse in Oklahoma or state capital in Oklahoma, I think it was one of the states that they went about. It's like, well, if you have that, why can't we have our statue of Baphomet up? And like, you know, the whole document dives into that. Like how, well, yeah, true. America is brought about um, religious freedom. And if you're representing one religion, you should represent any that want to be represented. And I mean, so do they worship Satan then? Is is that what I'm hearing? That's where I, that's where I was really confused and ke- like it, like in the beginning, it felt like, no, they're more political, but they use satanic stuff to like more of the shock value, right? To get their to bring you know attention. notoriety. Yeah. Then in the middle, it's like, well, wait, there's like during black masses, so like, are they? But not like what I in pic in yeah, envision of like the Church of Satan does, where it's like, it seems more demonic and evil. It's just more. It like it felt like are are the, are people who are members of this like more activists and then just happen to be like oh okay that's fun the verse also satanist ha 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 or is it more like oh we're satanist but we also do political activism i think it's that so it made it it made me really you i would anyone that's okay watching this stuff watch it max i think you you would be a good person to give a, a good opinion on this too because it made me feel like yes what you're doing in america is your religious freedoms and you know being a christian yeah and an american yeah that's your american right to have whoever represents your religion, if one's going to be represented, all of them should. I'm, I'm behind that. Like, I think that's fair. That's what America is all about. Religious freedom. So you should be comfortable to express. And that was their whole gab is like, Hey, we're not proponents of violence or evil because in the end, you know, little spoiler here, one of the people that you follow, it's like a head chapter person gets fired from her position because she incites violence. And like, that's not what we're about. So like, so it's like, (laughs) So that was, I, I think I made this joke watching with Kelly. It's like, they're like Satanist light. Like they want to be Di- good, but then their, their head figure. <laughs> sure. And it's like, but for me being a Christian, it's like, it just, I just can't like as a religion and a political groups, like I just can't back you. But what you're doing is like, you're helping out the community and like trying. And that was, that's what they showed a lot about was how like in Arizona, there's a group that does the clean the highway and clean. And then there's another group in California that cleans the beaches. So like, they're very giving to their community. So it's like, as a Christian stuff to be like, 
well, no, no, because Satan's the bad guy, but like what you're doing as people are actually good things. So yeah, the, it sounds like they're really good neighbors and that's what they're really trying to communicate, right? Like they're trying to get ahead of the stigma. Yes, of and that's, and that's what I got was like, that's why this group was formed because they're not, or tried to be different. They're not the church of Satan. They're the satanic temple. And yeah, I don't know. that's, it was eh, still weird, man. It, it was a, it, yeah, it made me feel a lot of weird things. Um, still a Christian. Did it get you? I was gonna say, did it get you in the jellies or not? <laughs> but it, it, no, there was okay. Here's the other thing that hits all of us, all the Infinity Bros. It talks about Dungeons and Dragons during okay. You know how in the original Dungeons and Dragons that book, the creators used actual verses from the Satanic Bible into that to make it seem more dark and realistic. And during and they talk about this too in the documentary about the Satanic Panic in the 80s and 90s. And how, you know, they use, you know, oh, your kids shouldn't play Dungeons and Dragons because they have actual curses in there from the Satanic Bible. Which, I mean, if you're going to take the book and play by the book versus, like, I feel like how we play with Jared doing Beat Our DM, he pretty much just creates everything yourself. I think there's a little separation. But it also makes you think, like, well, maybe we shouldn't play that because if it's tied to that, then maybe we shouldn't be tied to that. But I don't know. I think it's anything's up to interpretation. The positive I would take behind this documentary is... As Americans, we have a religious freedom, and I think we should respect other people's religions and their freedoms and freedom of expression as long, and this is all religions, as long as it doesn't incite violence or hate or discrimination. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. As as an American, you have the right to freedom as long as it's not hurting others or harming anybody else. I, I agree, and it sounds like they're really just trying to attack this stigma. That's that's what I kind of got out of it, that there are very much more activists and polit- and like try to make movements politically versus, you know, just being a religion and just being like a, a weekly thing that a lot of Christians do. But yeah, I yeah. Yeah. it's just me. That's just how I am. I mean, it's what it is. But yeah, I, rec- I, I mean, if you're comfortable watching something like that, I think it's a little eye-opening and could be educational in some aspects. And where where can you see this? Hulu. It was. I think it's a Hulu documentary. Okay. Cool. Check it out. That'll be on Hulu. Let's go to the top five. The we're going in three. Infinity Bros. Two. Top five. One. List starts now. All right. Let's do it. Why do you do that? You like know that I'm going to put a pause in between. Because you excite me too much, Max. Hey, you're just I'm just so excited. Todd. Just such a uh, ex- You're a Todd. I'm sorry, you're never excited. Uh, every week we like to do a water cooler discussion where we talk about our top five uh, favorites of a specific subject. This week, because I watched so many DC movies, I asked Mark to put together our top five animated DC movies of all time. There is no charity today, Mark, so we're going to go back and forth since just two of us. We'll go five, five, do you want the first one or do you want to go second? I'll take the first one. And I also want to tell the listeners that my suggestion for top five was top five Infinity Bros kissers. So Kissers or kisses? Kissers. My bad. I was... Yes. And anyway, moving on. Top five. Hold on. Time out. Spoiler alert. Since you did put that <laughs> list together already, who's your number one? Oh, number one? Just like your number one. It's Jared because I never said he's that. Fictional. I never said that on here. He, he said that pre-show. I don't know what you're talking Max about. Said it, Max said, and I agreed with him. You don't have any pictures. Because, you can't prove it. Because, yep, I don't. 
but I have my worth, my my word, which is factual and truth, because I deemed it so. Um, Max said, well, I didn't know we could just slap that on the end of statements to make like over. Yep, that's over this truth. is America now. <laughs> this is how America is. Um, <laughs> that Jared is fictional, and the kiss can be however you dream it to be. Okay, all right, number five, and we just lost some listeners. Or we gained a bunch. Or we gained a lot of listeners. <laughs> um, my number five is the death of Superman. Have you seen that, Max? I have. have you seen the you, death of Superman? I, I, it is not on my list. Okay. Do you want to defend that at all? Do you want to talk about it a little bit? No, it's my top five. I mean, it tells well, I, the story. I think, we'll have, it, I think we'll have overlap, but I think just you maybe want to talk about why it's on the list. Uh, it tells a story, if you know, the death of Superman, which was, oh, what year was that? Like early, mid-90s was the big comic book where they killed off Superman. And, you know, you know, the strongest being in the universe or on Earth gets killed and there's no more hope. And um, I think, yeah, this one was a two part series because the next one's the Reign of Superman, which ties into all their movies, their or their DCU, you know, animated run. Um, but, yeah, just that story caught me as a child that the Superman and what they did on the screen, I think, did the just justice. So, OK, that's why it's not my that's number fair. five. Um, my number five is Justice League versus Teen Titans. This came out a couple years ago. I really like this arc simply because for the story that they, and if you watch all the DC universe movies, um, cartoon movies, uh, the new ones at least, they really do a good job of making Raven a center point. And I really like what they do with her character and how her and Robin have a relationship. And I, I just, I loved it. I thought it was really cool. And then that's where Cyborg joins the team. It, it's, it was that's a fun one. And it's really fun to see Trigon take over Superman. And these guys are basically fighting the Justice League. And it, it's not like a civil war, how I think a lot of people, when they heard about this, would be. It's They're, they're possessed. Um, but it, it's still great fights. And the ending fight is really great, too. I, the Justice League finally comes into the into fruition at the end. I really like that fight. So my number four would be Justice League War. Uh, this is obviously the first time Darkseid appears. This is with Batman, um, Green Lantern. Shazam, Wonder Woman, Flash, Cyborg, and Superman. This is kind of the entry point for how it ended recently, which we talked about, uh, Justice League Dark, um, uh, Apocalypse War. I really like this one a lot more than that one, though, simply because the group is smaller, it's more intimate, you're seeing them get together, and it feels like what Justice League will become when DC gets it right in the next 10 to 15 years, hopefully. So it feels like this is the blueprint of how you want to do it, in my opinion. This, this is how that movie was, so go ahead. My number four is a classic, and I think one of the first DC films, <clears throat> The Mask of the Phantasm. Fantastic, yeah. That's it's it's my number three. So yeah, I I would echo it. I actually watched it again this week, um, and yeah, this this movie is a six out of six, no question, right? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. When you anything first, bad, when you first watched anything it, anything Batman animated series. When you first watch it, were you shocked at the reveal of who the Phantasm was? We won't spoil that, but were you shocked? Oh, yeah. And also, like, as a child, I thought this movie was also scary, too. Yeah, so. agreed. I agree. It was a little scary. They really make Joker menacing in that as well as Phantasm. Oh, yeah. It's... They're both menacing. So that was your number three as well? So I'll give my number yeah, three? Yeah, you go your number three now. My number three is Apocalypse War, which is their final movie in the the current run from 2013 to now. Okay. I just like the... Oh, just the whole overarching and final cap of the story that they've been telling for the last seven years. Did you like how they ended it? Yeah. I think there's 
I mean, there's no other way to end it than what they did. Yeah, but they kill... Spoiler alert for this movie. They kill a lot of people in this movie. Yeah, but at the end, it gets... Well, yeah, because... I mean, what they did, well, they really didn't kill everyone by the way it ends, so... Right. But they basically did a full restart. I think it's a good movie, though. It's probably going to be our Phantasm and uh, Joker movie for kids who see it now. But I think it's... Isn't it rated R, though? Or is it PG-13? Ooh, I'll look it up. I'll look it up real quick. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I would imagine that it... Well, let's see I think it's here. It's rated... It is rated R. Wow. Oh, there you, go. there you go. How about that? Yeah, it is rated Probably R. from all the violence. There you go. I'll go number two and one. Actually, we'll both go two, then we'll both go one. Um, my number two is Batman Beyond Return of the Joker... Um, I obviously reviewed this earlier. I, I I am floored at this movie. Obviously, I have a little confirmation bias from seeing it recently, but um, I this is a well written movie. I put it above Phantasm, which I think is going to shock a lot of listeners. Um, it holds up. It is dark, and it explains a lot of why Bruce is the way he is when he's older. And I think it's the payoff for that movie is huge. So go ahead, Mark. What's your number two? My number two is The Dark Knight Returns. Okay, that's a good movie. Which one? Mm-hmm. Part one or part two? Um, I I kind of want to put both. Okay, that's, that's not fair I'll, because I'll, last time I did did parts. Because technically, it's telling this you know the the same story. They just the studio def- decided to do it in two parts, just like Death of Superman and Reign of Superman. But um, yeah, I thought you know perfect graphic novel to to screen adaptation. And just bringing in a whole different cast of characters to play to voice the cast and made it bloody and just how we wanted it. And I thought it was a great job. They did a great job. Michael Emerson is an underrated Joker in that movie. One of the most underrated Jokers ever. He's he's great as Joker in that. All right. And then my number one, which I'm almost going to guess is your number one, is Flashpoint. That is my number one as well. There it is. Why, why did think... you put it at one? I'll, I'll tell mine, but why did you? Oh, dude, it's been my number one since it came out, and it and nothing has ever eclipsed it. Um, I don't know. I think it just tells it tells a very different story than what we're used to, but they execute it so well. Uh, we get like an alternate universe with you know your superheroes kind of being the bad guys or are the bad guys. You got Aquaman, bad guy, Wonder Woman, bad guy, and it's you know Earth versus. Atlantis versus the mascara and I don't know I think they just did a great job and it was it was shocking it was shocking and I hadn't I hadn't read the comic up to that point that was such a new run from Jeff Johns at the time um that I really appreciated as well I also like the subtlety of like you know Joker spoiler we talked about this before but Joker in that universe when he goes to that universe is Bruce Wayne's mom and I just like the little choices that are different and unique. I like that Superman was really thin because they had that specific kryptonite around oh, yeah, him. Yep. I like yep. that Zoom the is really the overarching villain and he's doing all this stuff. Uh, I love the end scene with Flash and um, normal Bruce I think Bruce that's another reason why I really like that movie is Earbog Thong is the villain. And I have always had a fascination for the reverse Flash. So Yeah, it, it's, it's a great. And Flash doesn't get his moment in the sun so much because he's so OP. Right. People don't 
people don't honor that. But that scene, man, where he brings that letter from Thomas Wayne to Bruce Wayne is just a gut-wrenching scene and very well acted from Kevin Conroy, who ended up not being Batman in that universe after that. Um, but he would come back for the killing joke later, but he basically wouldn't come back for anything else after that. So it's really interesting. So great list, Mark. We didn't fight that much on our lists today. I, I think your list Look at us. Good. Look at us. Who would have thought? Not me. <laughs> um, hey, definitely not me. <laughs> yeah, well... Mark, thanks for coming on today, man. It was awesome to be with you and uh, fun to talk some DC things. A very DC heavy episode, but you know sometimes you gotta Loved you it. gotta cave into those waters. Um, we got a lot of things coming up this week. Uh, you know, obviously check out Team Rocket Tuesday. There's gonna be some other streams going on. Um, next week we will have another episode. We're having a guest from another show on, so you'll find out who that is next week for episode 43. Um, anything else I'm missing, Mark? That I need to touch on. I think we're good otherwise i think they got all the stuff from our list so yeah i think you got everything yeah. well mark thanks for so much for coming on man it was awesome awesome right. chat with thanks you thanks for being here yeah. yeah you're the man and thank you thank you listeners we're so grateful for you wherever you're listening however you're listening know that we love you guys 3000 we'll see you next week on episode 43 talk to you later bye, bye. thanks for tuning in to the infinity bros podcast you can find the infinity bros on facebook instagram and twitter at the infinity bros Feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com. Mark and Kelly, this is Batman calling you from Wayne Manor. And Max wanted me to send you a shout out to celebrate your wedding. So this is just for you. I am vengeance, I am the night, I am Batman. And remember, it's not who you are underneath. It's what you do that defines you. <coughs> okay, now this is Kevin. Congratulations on your wedding, that's so awesome. And how awesome is, is it for Max to think of this as a wedding gift, that's so awesome. Um, I think the thing that makes Batman so appealing to the audience is the fact that of all the superheroes, he's the one that, that has no superpowers. He can't fly. He can't see through things. He's a mortal man, and he's a very flawed man. And his biggest flaw is that he can't allow people in. He can't allow himself to be touched. He is truly an island. And it's kind of a cautionary lesson in Batman of what to avoid. There are many lessons in Batman about giving to the community, about being tenacious, about never giving up. But there's that cautionary lesson about not allowing yourself to become an island. But you've learned that lesson a long time ago because you have each other. And you have all of these friends who are coming together to celebrate your, your marriage. So I just want to remind you how lucky you are to have all these people in your life. And I know you know how lucky you are to have each other and to have all these friends. But it's my job as an annoying older brother to remind you how lucky you are. So hold on to each other. That love is what will get you through life. And life is gonna throw a lot of crap at you, believe me. Hold on to each other. And also remember that you, Mark, are a bigger DC fan than Robbie could ever be. <laughs> so Batman's got your back. Good luck.